spend time about thinking about what you want, not what you don't want. If you do have a monkey mind that says, no, 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 you could have a little chat to it and say, why are you thinking like that? And just say, well, I understand, but we want to move this way. So you are generally just redirecting your mind and letting your conscious mind, the one that has choice, to take over rather than that subconscious mind. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. It's obviously Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. And so today we have a very interesting topic and I have two guests with me. So I have James Bergen, who is our the School of Renovating's marketing genius, and I have one of our wonder women, Emily DeVos. Have I pronounced that correctly, Emily? You have. It's Emily DeVos. That's right. Okay. Thank beautiful. You. And so the topic today is serendipity and in particular in renovating. And so how this came about was James and I have been working on the class project together, spending a lot of time in the car, and we were talking about, you know, how things have happened quite serendipitously. And then James said, it's a thing in business, do you know, Uh, to which I said, no, I didn't. And then we started to, well, I shouldn't say we, he started to delve into the the internet and found some articles on serendipity in business. And it just makes so much sense. And because it forms such a, it does form a significant part of how, certainly how I operate and a lot of the renovators that I work with operate, We felt that it was worthy of an episode on its own. And we have also invited Amelie in because this is something that I guess lies in Amelie's field of work. Is that how you would describe it, Amelie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, my whole life. (laughs) I'm I'm a coach as well as doing property and lots of other things. And I teach people about this sort of thing. So Yeah, so you're the perfect person to have on. So before we get into this, I want to really just go back to the dictionary and just provide the dictionary definition of what serendipity is because I have to say I had to go and look it up because I know the word and I sort of know what it means, but I felt that I needed to get, get it from the Webster. And so basically, serendipity is an unplanned, fortunate discovery. It's a common occurrence through history of product invention and scientific discovery. Serendipity is also seen as a potential design principle for online activities that would present a wide array of information and viewpoints rather than just reinforcing a user's opinion. The literary definition is luck that takes the form of finding valuable or pleasant things that are not looked for. So I think that that pretty well describes 
well, certainly my experience of it. It's fairly dry, though, isn't it, as a definition? Yes. Given you know, it's somewhat it's intellectual, whereas I think the three of us have experienced serendipity as something magical, no, really. And I've, you mentioned those trips in the car between Sydney and Newcastle, Bernadette, and every time we drive, you're telling me a story. I mean, if I'm doing the driving, which is most of the time, then you're often on Facebook Marketplace with a very clear intention, we need a new kitchen, or we need to do this or that, and I'm looking for styling things, and boom, suddenly you have it. And that's all part of this serendipity story to me. Well, yes, that's interesting because the day this idea was invented was I had just had a quote for the front fence of New Lambton and it was from a handyman and it was 6500 for a picket fence that was like... 10 metres long. It was like, I thought, a ridiculous amount of money. And I just thought, I will just have a little look on Marketplace and up popped this fence in panels, exactly what we wanted for $500. And so I actually got in touch with this, this seller. I went home, booked a van to pick it up, booked my son to help me, whizzed over there and the Sala told me that she'd had it on Marketplace a couple of times, but it wasn't removed. And each time she had a buyer, she had to tell them to wait until it was removed and they disappeared. So it had only just been on a minute when I discovered it. And it was just, I just really got this sort of sense of that is really magical that, you know, that problem of a blowout in our budget, I wish every one of them had ended like that, but we haven't done too badly, but had been fixed in an instant. So I have this saying that if you can see it, it must exist. Exactly. So, you know, like I remember you said to me when I was starting this project, you know, and I was saying, well, I just can't find this door and I don't know where it's going to happen, but I could see it. And you said you it, it, it does exist, you know, you've just got to find it. And I remember speaking to James on the way home saying, it must exist because I can see it. And it actually did exist and I did find it and our project is moving faster so because of it. And there was one other thing with this project that I just thought was so wonderful I had this vision one night. It was like the kitchen needs this big window at the end and it needs to be about 550 wide and 1,500 deep. And I saw the builder and I said, this is what has to happen at the end of the kitchen. This was only a couple of weeks ago. And, and Richard said, well, where are we going to get it from? Anyway, we rang a few places, didn't exist in the wide line, you know, window places. So I said, well, if I, I sat and I said, well, if I can see it, it must exist. And it was, I got this message, well, try that Bliss Demolitions place. Went there, they didn't have anything. They said, oh, we've got a few more things out the back. Walk through one door, walk through another, and there was the window. 50, what, 550 wide, 1,500 deep, ready to go for $150. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's just, it's just mag it is magical and it's fun. I think it's the thing that makes renovation even more fun exactly yeah. yeah i think that there are ways of increasing those experiences and increasing the incidence of serendipity 
in your life and also in your renovating. And do you know about the reticular activating system, Amelie? Oh, I know about that. <laughs> well, you tell us about it, James. Okay, so reticular activating system is, or RAS for short, is a filtering mechanism. So right now, until I mention the, the seat under your bum, you didn't notice it. But now that I've mentioned it, you notice it immediately. Thank goodness we have a filtering system. Otherwise, we would be in sensory overload the entire time. Now, what we can do is we can directionalize and get our RAS in tune with what we want. And a typical example is when you get a new, new car or your family got a new car and suddenly they're everywhere on the road. And quite possibly, I know, Bernadette, you've got Teslas in a Tesla on your radar. So I bet you're noticing the logo more often than not. That is your RAS, which you have tuned. So in terms of what we're talking about here and there's serendipity, you know, we're, we're putting out an intention, we have a vision, we want something to happen. And so we're really telling our RAS that, you know, to, to sort of notice things. It's our noticing method system. Now, I have a more, if because we're, the three of us tend to be a little woo-woo, and I think it's, I hope I have permission to be woo-woo in this conversation, Bernadette. I, I think there is a dimension in our lives, we, we call it what you like, our our spiritual teammates, our angels, or our inner self, whatever it is, we can get those dimensions to help us to find things. You know, like Melania mentioned before, you know, there must be a window, and then you find exactly that window because, you know, Bernard mentioned it's, it exists. So I think there's a lot that we can do to activate our ability to be present and involved and engaged in the in this make it happen i think the other thing to really bear in mind is that you've got that part and you need to bring all of your mind along with it because there there can be this little voice inside your head that says oh no it doesn't and you need to actually acknowledge it and say yeah well that might be your belief but just bring yourself back to that conscious focus about what you want because the mind can be very questioning and saying it doesn't exist or whatever, but you can just move your focus to where you want it to be and that's a really important step because your conscious mind is only a small part of your mind, your subconscious mind is much smaller. You've got to keep your focus on what you want and be gentle to that subconscious mind but say, no, nah, we're going this way, you know. So you're, you're using your mind, you're directing it. You're being centred, I guess. How do you think you can, can kind of enhance or build that muscle of, you know, supporting your subconscious mind? You can do that by being with your conscious mind and setting conscious intentions. So really what you need to do is spend time about thinking about what you want, not what you don't want. So if you spend more time about thinking about what you want and putting your attention in there and aligning it and sitting and breathing with it and breathing through it, if you do have a monkey mind that says, no, 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 
you could have a little chat to it and say, why are you thinking like that? And just say, well, I understand, but we want to move this way. So you are generally just redirecting your mind and letting your conscious mind, the one that has choice, to take over rather than that subconscious mind, you know. That's, so breathing is really good, and I'm sure you've used other things as well. But just And also meditation is always really positive. But, you know, being in nature is another way to do it. You can just stop and go out into nature and just become present in the, in the moment, really. I, lo- I love the nature dimension. I, I, I really have, with a mutual colleague and friend of ours, Amelie, I have learned so much about the power of nature and connecting with mm-hmm. nature. And so from my desk, I can literally look at this moment out and see the trees and, and, and there is, you know, a, a beauty and strength in that. And I've been discovering it my morning walks in nature and even just noticing the birds, you know, like when the, when the birds fly past you. In a sense, I mean, one of my, I guess, metaphysical perspectives is that we're always in the right place at the right time. And so if a bird flies past me, then... There's no accident about that, but I can either ignore it and blow it off or I could actually kind of just for a nanosecond contemplate, oh, that's interesting. So I think all of those things kind of build our our ability to be in a flow and have serendipity happen. I think it's I think what you said, what nature does is it brings you into the present moment. Mm-hmm. And that's a very key, big key. You know what I mean? Whatever it is to bring you here now, not working from the past, you know? So if it's a bath, whatever. So with, you know, you talked about the negativity of your monkey mind. I think that negativity can also come from people around you. So, you know, if you've got someone who's a negative Nelly, it does, that can impact the way you think about what you're doing and and so it's really important to counteract that. Mm. And that's the wonderful thing about um, the Wonder Woman group, isn't it? Because what you do is you've got an idea or a thought and you're not sure, you can go into the group, then ask, and that positivity <laughs> that you've, create, you've created and, and everybody's attracted to builds on it. So it actually builds the opportunity for serendipity as well because everybody's working together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that negative Nelly type stuff. I mean, well, um, I've always tried to work on my own vocabulary. I call it transformational vocabulary and so I'm fussy about what I use and one of my pet peeves is the word but and I try and avoid it. I try, I try and avoid it in my copywriting or writing in general and because it kind of, it actually negates everything that just went before it, this but. And so it's very easy as a, a, a practice is to swap it to and. And so, yes, and, you know, that's great. What you said about nature, about bringing us into the present, Emily, and it also allows us to find a sense of peace. So we kind of, yes, and things can really be powerful. Can I actually share a story based on that that sort of concept? Is that so? I had, we got to a place living um, where we live. We live in a beautiful area of McMaster's Beach, and we'd renovated and built this house. And I got to this point where I was starting to look at real estate again. I was like, I need a project, 
And I felt so depressed. I didn't, I even thought I might need to leave my husband. I didn't know what I was going to do because my husband had said, we cannot move. You know, this is because this house has been his family for 60 years. My way of renovating has always been you actually just renovate your house, you see. So I then, I then actually listened to some positive thinking podcasts and I thought, this is ridiculous. I teach this and I'm thinking that I'll never renovate a place again. So I actually changed my thinking and I said, it must be possible. If I can imagine it, it must exist. So what happened was I started imagining it and how I was going to get the funding and I found a place and what happened was I bought, I bought my first investment property. Well, I was going to buy one in Manly and it didn't work out and I'm really glad it didn't because it was going to have a shop front and it would, probably would have been terrible in COVID. But I ended up buying this, we ended up buying this little unit in Freshwater and, you know, I bought it for seven fifty. We put about 35000 in and sold it for a million dollars, you know, like at the beginning of this year. So now I'm on my next project and so... It really is about that, turning that mind around because I was in such a dep- – I was really depressed and I do have that propensity to do like that, but I just had to shift my mind and I shifted it and created another potential because of it. So, you know, get it, so you know how you're saying the word but? I think I can't needs to turn to I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I always think that it's very powerful if the the word I can't is in your vocabulary to change it to I'm unwilling to because then, you know, I can't sounds like you've got no, you know, you can't help it like it's the way it is, whereas I'm unwilling to means at least you're taking responsibility for that decision, yeah. It's, I think, also something that really helps in bringing about sort of serendipity because it's a lot about connections. It's about just talking about things, talking, you know, and having that sort of brain's trust of people to, you know, to talk about what you're doing because it's really surprising where the connection is. For example, we, project that we're on at the moment, we have just had a really challenging time getting trades. And I was down to the last two. I needed a painter and a plasterboarder. And it was just absolutely hopeless. Every I couldn't even get them to come and quote. So I had one painter eventually give me quote and he had he quoted 18,000 and we were providing the paint to paint a three-bedroom home indoor, inside and out. And thinking that I had 13,000 budgeted and and so it was a long way over that. And I could accept that I'd need to pay a bit more because of the way things are, but not that much. And so, and everyone I talked to, like I spoke to Stephen and he said, oh, you know, that seems about the mark. And I said, well, I just haven't got that in the budget, so it's not happening. And then we were talking, we have a project meeting with our family, which is really a an excuse for the rest of my family to have a booze up and for me to try and keep them, um, you know, keep them on track because we're doing a family project. But 
This night we were talking, I was talking about the fact that I was having so much trouble getting trades. And I also mentioned that Cherie, who's also in the project, she and David had gone up to do some work and that they stayed in this accommodation that they thought was going to be really terrible, but it was because it, it was all they could get. It was only $70 a night, but it was turned out to be really amazing because it was a new venue, it was brand new. And anyhow, so we're coming along with this conversation and then, you know, someone said to me, Mum, why don't you get trades from Sydney? And I said, I could do that, but they all say it's not worth bringing their teams up and blah, blah, blah. And then it wasn't me, but someone else said, well, if there's that great accommodation, why don't you offer to pay their accommodation, to provide accommodation? You could book it there for $70 a night. And I thought, oh, my gosh, why did I not think of that? And so, like, I was up until about 3 o'clock in the morning sending out all these emails. And by the following morning, I had a, I had, you know, an inbox full of people interested in the job and as it's turned out, my painter, whom I got from that ad, has turned out to be an absolute blessing. And it's a blessing for us, but it's also a blessing for him. And he's a qualified painter. He's very thorough in what he does. He's on a day rate. And it, I will save at least 10000 by engaging him. And he's living up there. He's loving having his accommodation paid for, and it's just an absolute win-win. So it's just about making those connections and, and just talking through the problem. And, yeah, you just never know where the answer's going to come from, do you? Isn't yeah. that what you call the sleepover strategy there? Oh, yes, then? we do. We call it the, so we have a few different strategies for, for getting tradies when you're in um, tough spots. And, yes, we've named that one the sleepover strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it is really hard, isn't it? Like we couldn't find a Tyler. We put it on high pages. We weren't getting any response at all. And in the end I did my I put it on, I said, Well who for if I can imagine it, it must exist. <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as I said that and I just sat with it within an hour, I had somebody phone. Wow. Yeah, and and he turned up, lovely young guy from Woi Woi. Our jobs on the Central Coast, and, he, and I said, "Are you free?" He said, "Yeah, I'm free for the rest of the. I'm I'm not booked up." For, I'm thinking, why? You know, he's got rave reviews, like a hundred rave reviews on high pages. Lovely guy. It'll be interesting to see. It's a very simple job. Yeah, but you know, anyway, not too expensive. But I've got a big problem with painters. <laughs> I'm interested in your painter. Okay, well, I might, Sharon. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've had such expensive quotes, we're actually doing it ourselves. Oh, you know? gosh, no, you don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's got yeah. to that point. We just think we don't have the budget for it. So. Okay, well, after this we should talk because okay. um, when he's finished I... I know that he doesn't have work until the new year. And so that, yeah, isn't that serendipitous? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so I, I, I've got a suggestion now. I, I think we just should do a little rapid fire on serendipitous examples that we've had in our winter journey recently because I can name several, but let's start with the kitchen. Bernadette on, on on the Newcastle project. So why don't you tell your story, and then we'll get to we'll get to the point where we talk about the stove. 
Okay, so the kitchen was um, was a problem because none of the cabinet makers could do anything before Christmas. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So then I went, I decided I'd had it all planned out in Ikea. I went to Bunnings, but I really was not happy with their product. So I went to Ikea, had it all planned out. I spent about three nights on that damn computer and Basically, every time I went to the cart, it would say you can't order it because they don't have everything in stock. So I kept moving around shop stores until I found one that had everything, then went to the cart, went to pay for it, and then it said the same thing again. And so I ordered the, what I could get, which was no doors and panels. And then after a week, they rang me and said, are you coming to pick this up? And I said, well, not until you've got the doors and panels. And they said, well, there's no sight of them, so they're not coming. So, and so I'm thinking, all right, back to square one. And so I went to my next port of call, marketplace, Gumtree, eBay, you name it. And up pops this display kitchen. So brand new kitchen, all merely appliances, like perfect configuration. It was exactly as I had planned for the project. And he wanted, he had it priced at $10,000. And when I spoke to him, I said, so is it installed? And he said, no, it will need to be taken out. And it had a big stone waterfall. I'm thinking, there's no way we're doing that. And he said, oh, if you want it removed, you need to pay another $1,000. It was still within budget, but, you know, I like to get a bargain. And so I ended up offering him $8,000 for the kitchen and he accepted and another $1,000 to have it removed. And so that's that was the day James and I went over and picked it up. And, yeah, the rest is history. And interestingly, I'd already had the roughing done for, the, yeah, for it in New Lambton. And while I had checked it to make sure it was a similar configuration, you know, you can never be really sure until you install it. But when it went in, it went in perfectly right down to the fact that all the, the stone splashback on the back part of the kitchen, the cutout for the PowerPoint was in exactly the right place. So it just went in like, you know, hand to glove. So that was amazing. The only problem was that it had a gas melee stove and we wanted a electric one, an induction one. So, and this is a $4,000 or more gas brand new um, stove. So once this was, we get bottled gas on and have it plumbed in. That wasn't really an option. And so then next thing, we need to find a an induction cooktop melee. We we priced it brilliantly. I went to Harvey Norman and, and priced it, you know, back up the $4,000 price. Anyway, in the end, Cherie, who's also in the class project, found it on Marketplace, four months old, uh, and a fifteen hundred, and we fitted it last Saturday, and it fits exactly in the space. It's just perfect. So, Amazing. I think you know we we once that's we're only given two examples, but really, if I stand back and look, that's what I'm learning because I feel like even though I've renovated in the past, I feel like I'm a novice, and I'm learning for the masters here, and so I'm I'm learning. One step or another, like really vision is so important, intention, you know, and being grounded and, and, and keeping going. I mean, Bernadette, you're such an extraordinary example of, 
of not stopping and continuing to keep the project moving. And th I think that also that momentum keeps this serendipity naturally unfolding for us because there's a sort of a, an intention behind it. And uh, being part of the, I'm privileged to be a wonder bloke as part of the wonder women group. And I think that's part of the power of the group too, is there's so much camaraderie and support and, and energy. you know, energy. Yeah, it's amazing what, what can happen. Yeah. I wouldn't wish this project on anyone because I have to say, no, seriously, it is the most challenging one I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, but I think from a, an educational point of view, it's been really good because, like, it's even pushed me out of my comfort zone. And, like, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty tough. But, you know, yeah. So while it hasn't gone to plan, I think as it's it's achieved its outcome and and that was for it to be a good learning experience and yeah and I'm sure you all know now what to do when you can't find a tradesman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you can use it serendipity by houses as well, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? It's really funny because I'm sorry if I'm hogging the conversation, but I've had so many of these experiences recently. Okay. So I could even talk about my, you know, half a million dollar deal that was serendipitous, but we won't go there because I'm going to talk about that in the conference. But I'm looking, I've been thinking about replacing replacing that project with something else. And because Stephen's retiring, I was thinking we could do sort of a passion project. And, and I've actually found it and have... Um, negotiated the purchase. Now, I really am the only person that could buy this in the way I've done it because, you know, I I went to school in this town. It's a tiny town with 700 people in it. And so I've sort of got that, you know how small towns tend to be quite parochial? So I've got that connection and I've got the renovating connection and I've got the team, like I've got Stephen who's the absolute king of construction. And so, and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, happened to meet the right person who happened to put it all together. And so now I'm going to meet the owner at the end of next week with the view to um, sealing the deal. So this is basically a historic building and what I want to do with it, it's on a, a splitter block, so it's two blocks and one title. And what I want to do with it is turn the actual building into a um, an Airbnb mini hotel, but, you know, restore it and and so on. And then the back, the, the other block, put some long-term rental on that. And it's a project that I've sort of had sort of in the back of my mind for a long time, not particularly this building, but just the whole idea. Stephen and I watch, um, we'd love to do one of those projects. Well, you know, here it is. So, yeah, so my next deal just turned up in my lap without even having to look for it. Because you probably had the vision to, you, you know, it has been in your awareness for a long time. I think that's, you know, when people do vision boards, well, I guess that's yes. what we're going to be doing. But it's like you have the vision, then it will manifest at some stage in some Absolutely. way. Yeah. And yeah. even just writing mm. down, you know, the talk we talk about. Oh, yeah. So you know, important. It is. And, like, it's something like 
you increase your, your chances of success by something like 70%. It's massive. There's so many people who I've worked with in coaching, they've had issues and I say, but you've written it down? No. So then you just coach them through to write it down. My sister years ago was looking for a place she and she was in a rental place. I said, just write down what you want. Anyway, we were overseas together and she went home to Canada and found the house in two days. Wow. She'd been looking for years, you know, and... The same with me. I was a single mum and I had um, I, I divorced my husband and I was a single mum and I wanted to have the, I asked the boys what they wanted. They said they want a swimming pool and I wanted an office and I wanted this, that and the other. And everybody said, you can't get that. And I'd been looking at different houses this one day and I turned right and there was a for sale sign, went down, walked in. The lady said, make an offer. So I made an offer and they accepted it. I shouldn't have got that as a single mum. But I did, you wow. know? Yeah. So yeah. you just don't know. You really don't know how it's going to happen. It just. I, I, yeah. Just. I love that. I, I actually reminds me of finding property issues I've purchased. And I lived in Melbourne. I've lived in two periods, Melbourne for two periods of 10 years. And I used to commute through suburbs to Fitzroy where I was working and I would drive down this particular street, George Street, every day. And I looked at this warehouse building and I drive past it, not really consciously looking at it, but I'm, I was quite familiar with the structure and the shape and, you know, all of it. And then it had a for sale sign on it. And long story short, I ended up buying it and it was something like 375000 And this is back in the 90s. And I ended up several years later selling it for 985000 and And that gave me the opportunity to, because I was living in America by then, and I was doing the same thing again, loving this historic district in downtown Phoenix, driving around the streets, just kind of, you know, not even thinking oh, I want to buy or... Anyway, there was suddenly for sale signs, and I ended up buying a historic house and went about to get another bedroom and bathroom in, in the attic. And then this place that where we're now, again, I was driving past this past every day because it's the same street that we were living in, in another apartment. And there the, the sale sign was on and here I am now living in. And then from a practical point of view, I've been here several years, overdue for renovation, has featured me in some of her workshops, having visited and knocked me off my my chair to create the ideal spot for the kitchen. I will be sitting right in the kitchen. I am sitting right where the kitchen will be now. And anyway, another sort of challenge was the body corporate to get the common areas renovated. And that's actually unfolding beautifully. We've had a meeting. I got general principle of agreement to invest in the upgrade. And it's up to me to make that happen with some more quotes. But there's really been no pushback. So, and I'm surprised because often body corporates can be, you know, such a problem. So I have yet to manifest that whole story a new innovation and a sitting in the building, but I'm on the case. It's a very powerful thing. And I think it would be remiss not to talk about the role of, is it quantum physics? 
the whole concept that we that all all everything is connected and may not be visibly connected, but it is what's the word? It's connected. Energetically interconnected. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, and one of the things that I think it's worth I guess mentioning is that it also plays a part when you're, you know, like I know there are people who are wanting to get into um, renovating your property or you know anything that you're wanting to do and just really setting that intention and we have a woman in our community who came, when she came and did our boot camp like a few years ago now she was just out of a marriage she sort of came out of it with next to nothing because she you know came off worse for wear but she scraped it together to learn you know to learn how to make more money and I remember at the time thinking she's got so much talent and, you know, if she can get that nailed, she'll be, you know, off and running. And fast forward a couple of years. And at the time, all she got out of the deal was a few shares that were worth next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, just recently she came back. She's actually joined Wonder Women and she came back and she said, she said to me, you know, those few shares that were worth nothing, they've absolutely gone ballistic over the few years so now she's got a great chunk of money so that she can use that to to get herself going and she's really yeah she's she's going to do well I know so I think it comes down to that focus again and saying I can I don't know how yet but I must be able to do it and I know that when I was a single mum they said, oh, I'm not sure you're going to get a loan you know you're a single mother of a child who's seven and another one who's four and you know, how is this going to work? And they actually gave me the loan, but they said to me, you have to go and have financial training. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll go to financial training. And I had all my budgets. And I went into this lady somewhere in Redfern. And at the end, she said, oh, can I have your spreadsheets? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. Here they are. <laughs> Hilarious. But it was focus. It's always yeah. been focus. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And yeah, and intention and mm. commitment to to having things work out. And the other thing is being believing and maintaining the faith when things don't look so good. Yeah, there's another part of that too is accepting of what is what is. It's very, very important. You know, when we talk about being present, there's this other element of acceptance, of not pushing, because when you start to push, you create resistance and you actually close doors. When you move to that place of acceptance, it's not that you're actually not moving forward. You're accepting where you are and you still have the vision which creates the the tension for something else to manifest. And I will bring in just like my mum hasn't been feeling very well and she's been resisting it a lot. And I said, you need to just accept it, you know, because I use these. And she rang me. She sounded so ill on Friday. She rang me. She said, oh, I feel fantastic. I've been saying that intention every single day and my life's turned around. And it was all it was was her accepting where she was. So hold the vision but just accept it and then be open for what, that space in between. You know what I mean? It's like the vision and the acceptance here and sitting there and just waiting for whatever manifests in between. That's the serendipity, that space in between. 
for me. Anyway, yeah. Beautiful. Have we? Do you think we've we've what's the word? Treated the topic adequately? Addressed the topic? I think we have. Yeah, I think we have. What fun! Can we do this again? Yeah. <laughs> we need to go out and do a few more manifestations. Now I'm sounding like I have to say I was not woo woo until about I until I read the book written by Joe Dispenza that mm. breaking the habit of being yourself. That was the one that changed my thinking around woo-woo. But I have always had this thought that, uh, or this belief, that if you're in any doubt about there being some higher power, you only have to think about the concept of infinity, the fact that what what is on the other side of the end of the universe, you know, that is just not comprehensible. So obviously we don't have the full picture. We don't. Oh, my goodness. If we start on this topic, I could go on forever. <laughs> because I remember, of what I remember years. around that. But, you know, it's true. It's like, yeah. yeah. I had I remember, a, break, I think, a mental breakdown and then completely saw another way of living based on that. But that's another story. <laughs> yes, we, we, we might need another couple of hours to fully flesh out the topic. I mean, ultimately, I think what we're, we're revealing is that everyone has these innate abilities and powers and perceptions. Uh, it reminds me when, do you remember in that book, The Solacine Prophecy, which kind of like number one bestseller? Well, I was living in America at the time and I was on a plane going somewhere. I flew a lot back there. And I would say two-thirds of the flight were all reading the book at the same time. It What's was it that. Like, it's Celestine Prophecy. Okay. Yeah. It's got some wonderful concepts in it that I use. I love to teach people because it's about really owning your power and it's yeah. it's got awesome. And that's what really, you know, it was interesting when I was reading, I'm going to shut up in a minute, but when I was reading about serendipity, it talked about, and I thought that this was a really interesting concept, creatively dissatisfied. And I thought that is a very powerful emotion, being dissatisfied but creatively, so you're going to be looking for a solution. And I, I definitely think that fits into the necessity being the mother of all invention sort of mantra. So, yeah. On that note. Well, I think so. there's been some extraordinary business partnerships that have occurred over the years. While I was reading for this conversation, the guys have got together to create uh, PayPal. That was that came out of serendipity, out of, you know, spontaneous meeting, being in the right place at the right time. And, mm-hmm. that, and that when they sold it to eBay, that included Elon Musk, who then went on to found it. Um, you know, Tesla and all, all the rest of them, as did the other people that, that did some amazing things. And so I think even in our own community, I mean, look at Kate and Suzette, who found each other in Wonder Women, and they were, you know, colleagues who, who you know, by their own words, had to get to know each other. But, you yeah. know, that, that whole partnership has unfolded magnificently. And, yeah, you know, so I think partnerships are part of the story. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, listen, thank you to you both for joining me today. We are on the eve of our annual She Renovates live this year live stream. And so we're really excited to be greeting many of you online in the next day or so. So by the time by the time this goes to air, it will probably be over. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank great. you. Thank you so much. If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating, I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not, savvy renovators, I'll say, come over and join She Renovates. It's completely it's free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit a thousand members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join if you're not already a member and then ask, comment and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.